0: Welcome to Retire Smarter with Kevin Krosky. Find answers to your toughest questions and get educated about the financial world. It's time to Retire Smarter. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Retire Smarter. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Krosky, President and Wealth Advisor at True Wealth Design, serving you throughout Northeast Ohio. You can find us online by going to truewealthdesign.com. Dot com. Lots of great information there on the website, and you can even listen to past episodes of the show and subscribe using your favorite podcasting app, truewealthdesign.com. Again, your place to go check out. Kevin, thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast. We've got lots of great stuff to talk about. How have you been?
1: I've been well, Walter. Uh, thank you for joining me too. I'm excited. We've been kind of taking annuities out to the woodshed the last couple episodes and we'll do a little change of pace this time.
0: Yeah, we've got some new things to talk about on today's program, but still just as interesting. And I'm sure we're going to still get you to be just as passionate as you were during some of those (laughs) annuity talks over the last couple of episodes. So get ready because we're going to be firing a lot of good stuff at you today. All right, I'm ready well before we dive into our main topic of conversation on today's show which is going to be talking about sort of this idea of you know integrated advice uh, you may hear I guess it talked about is holistic planning that seems to be quite the buzzword not just in the financial realm but in all things in life these days that's holistic type approach making sure all the pieces are working together in your financial plan and we're gonna have some good examples about when that has happened and the benefits of it and when it hasn't happened and some of the dangers of not having that integrated advice when it comes to your financial situation. But we also thought we would take the opportunity here on the podcast for those of you who are listening to the show, you know, within a couple of weeks of it being posted, this will be relevant to you. If you happen to be stumbling upon this episode in 2023, I guess, Kevin, then, you know, fast forward a couple of minutes to get to the rest of the conversation. But I wanted to take a look at the market and just kind of what we've been seeing over the last several months, Kevin, and it's probably the most popular thing that people talk about when they come into your office i would imagine you know what's going on in the economy what's going on in the market and how are you reading things currently and what should people who are planning for their financial future be thinking about right now
1: yeah you know a couple things one of the things you mentioned uh, i think what we're going to talk about here frankly is timeless because it's behavior related more than market related so you know people are people you know we have emotional reactions that fire off and fire off pretty gosh darn quickly and then uh you know goes to our more rational part of our brain and uh, basically we use our rationality to justify how we're feeling or process our feelings and that worked really well when we were all cavemen and you know we had to kind of survive from these big (laughs) creatures that were chasing us around but our rear brain or that part of our brain that fires off a lot of those fight-or-flight emotions does a really terrible job discerning a bear in the woods from a bear market and you know the former can potentially cause great harm to you the latter ultimately does not typically cause you great harm uh, as long as you have some proper planning and and you have some prudent behavior. So one of the things that happened in late 2018, the market just got volatile again. And it's nothing, I would say nothing new. Frankly, the period of time that we had leading up to 2018 was incredibly calm and that was that was abnormal. So the volatility that we had in 2018 was really kind of a little bit more of a restoration back to normal. But going into December, I mean, well, throughout December, the market—I'll just call the market the S and P five hundred—but it was down by about eight percent. Actually, excuse me, nine percent in December, and I think it hit a low right around Christmas Eve, and then bounced back pretty sharply the day after Christmas. So maybe Santa brought us a little bit of gift. But you know, a lot of people were freaking out, acting imprudently, you know, acting emotionally and not thinking rationally. And in December alone, it was the biggest month on record where people pulled money out of actively managed mutual funds. And Morningstar and other fund companies track this behavior. But you just saw a big stampede, people selling people, you know, whether they were going to another fund or to cash or stick it under the mattress, who knows. But it was the largest month on record for outflows from actively managed mutual funds. And we're doing this podcast recording. Um, this is February 19th. So yeah, it's kind of time sensitive in a sense, but here we are, you know, January, it bounced back and was up about 8%. And here we are year to date up 11%. So, you know, all those people, frankly, that sold out in December, made that mistake of having that behavioral bias and just looking and saying, wow, you know, hey, this is not good. This is a bear in the woods and it might kill me. It's not a bear market. And uh, I can't tell the difference between the two anyway. I'm just going to mistake activity for control. I'm going to hit the sell button. I'm going to call my advisor. I'm going to call my broker. I'm going to log in my account online and I'm just going to calm the pain. I'm going to make it feel a little bit better. Uh, And if they're actually looking at it right now is the exact wrong thing to do. And it's one of those things timing the market sounds great. You know, if you could only miss the worst days, how much higher would your returns be? And if you go to truewealthdesign.com, I wrote an article on this in February just a couple of days ago talking about this and there's this allure to it because not only is there this financial gain, but I think it's really more of an emotional avoidance about the pain of going down and seemingly to lose money but just as we saw in december with the market going down nine percent and now here we are you know six weeks later and the market's up more than 11 percent you just don't have that crystal ball it's difficult to be right and you know not only do you have to be right when to get out you have to be right when to get back in and there's all kinds of examples through history where people maybe made a good prediction maybe it got lucky Maybe they called the 87 crash and you know got out. Or maybe they said that, hey, I'm gonna get out in 2007 because there's a lot of risk out there. So they avoided the returns, the negative returns in 2008. But the problem is when you go back and look, can they go ahead and repeat that when the next thing happens? And the evidence is incredibly poor that somebody can do that. So you, know, you don't wanna mistake activity for control. You don't wanna mistake luck for skill. And the only way that you're gonna ensure that you're gonna get all the positive returns of the market is to stay invested throughout both the ups and downs. Now, from a planning standpoint, certainly you have to know where your money's coming from, you know, for tomorrow, you know, for the next year or two years, and certainly retirees versus if you're still working, it's a little bit different, but anything that's in stock should really be longer term money, you know, for at that minimum, you know, five years, preferentially, even longer than that before you would have to touch that risky stuff. So, unfortunately people are predisposed to making bad decisions i like to cite a study that was done i think it was like around 2005 in the university of california and it was a series of questions that i think it was the psychology department teamed up with the finance department and they studied people with brain damage and then they studied people with healthy brains i might even say people like you and me walter are these healthy <laughs> brain people that's and questionable i don't debatable. know if my wife would say that but you know hey And what they found was they went through kind of a a series of questions and they found that through these questions, the people with brain damage were actually exhibiting better investing behavior traits than those with healthy brains. And specifically they had damage to the rear part of the brain, to the amygdala, to that part of the brain that fires off that fight or flight, you know, that saved us years ago, years ago, generations ago, when we actually had the bear in the woods or you know, the dinosaur or whatever the heck it was that was chasing us, but causes us a lot of harm today. So, you know, we probably talked about this a little bit more than what I was expecting, but this is a, frankly a timeless message because we are these emotional people, the market's going to have ups and downs and people are going to keep making bad behavioral mistakes. But this is another example why it pays not to do that, pays not to go ahead and panic out mistake activity for control, or think you're doing something where you can actually predict what the market's going to do on a daily, monthly, or yearly basis. It just doesn't work.
0: Really cool comparison, I think, though. The uh, the bear in the woods is not the bear market. The two aren't the same, yet we often treat it that way, and that's a mistake from a mentality standpoint. I've never heard it put that way, and that's pretty neat to Kind of think about it in that light and in those terms. And yeah, sometimes we just don't want to be involved in that downside. Sometimes it's the emotional, sometimes it's the greed where we, you know, want to try and time the market. But yeah, you're right. So much of it comes back to kind of pain avoidance and that fight or flight mentality. So that's pretty cool. So remember that as the market goes through its ups and downs, it's tough, Kevin, as we hear in the news all the time. This is it. This is the crash. It's finally here. It's coming. And we hear that constantly we were hearing it really ramp up there before the holidays. And then, sure enough, we're back to kind of an upward trend at the beginning of the year. And it's just hard to wrap your head around some of those swings and those ups and downs. Are are we seeing larger swings and ups and downs than we have throughout history? Is this kind of unprecedented, what we've been experiencing the last couple of years? Or is this still, hey, par for the course? This is the market. This is how it's always acted. <laughs>
1: No, it, it's nothing new, not to get too wonky here, but the market over time exhibits something that the really smart people call volatility clustering. And what that means is when it starts spiking similar to what it did in 2007, it tends to stay volatile for a while. And so not like an EKG where you have kind of a consistent spike or, you know, your heartbeat or some sort of monitor like that where there's a certain rhythm to it, the market generally exhibits these periods of, you know, calmness like we had for several years, you know, going back to the, you know, kind of post coming out of the Great Recession all the way up through, you know, kind of the recent times. And now we've had some volatility spikes. They haven't been anything anything remotely like 2008, 2009, what have you. But that's what, that's what we've at least exhibited Over the last several decades, you know, there used to be a lot wider swings when you would go back uh, even further if you went back, you know, kind of Great Depression time because there's a lot less liquidity in the market. There's a lot more mechanisms in the market today that, you know, have some guardrails. There's a lot more liquidity, meaning that, you know, there's people that are paid to buy and sell. You know, if you don't have liquidity, it's kind of like selling your house. You know, you may sell it right away and get lucky. Or it may sit on the market for a year, and because that market is not really that liquid. So, you know, the market changes over time, and different markets change differently. You know, there's commodities markets, stock markets, bond markets, what have you. And all of those are a little bit different, and some of them have evolved over time. But another saying that I heard somebody say that I've adopted is you're saying this time is different, usually ends up costing you more money than anything else. It's four very expensive words to say and to act upon. But, you know, people tend to project things linearly, but projecting kind of a a regime change, you know, saying, hey, this time really is different and, you know, past, you know, yeah, the market always came back before, but, you know, the sky's gonna fall or I don't like this president or I don't like that country or this is in the news and whatever it is. I mean, it's kind of, it really comes down, I think your basic perspective, you know, are you an optimist or are you a pessimist? And I would say, Not to sound harsh, but there's a basic difference between investors and savers. And I would say savers generally, and forgive the stereotype, but probably generally skew more to the pessimistic side, where investors probably skew more towards the optimistic side and believe that, hey, things are going to get better. Yeah, there's all kinds of issues in the world, in the markets, in the political economy. But hey, look where we were at before and hey, we keep growing and, you know, things keep getting better and we figure it out. And oh, by the way, the returns keep coming along, too. So I think there's probably a fundamental difference between people, you know, certain people that work in banks encounter a lot of savers. And when you try to make an investor out of a saver, it's usually a very difficult and tough road to hoe for everybody involved.
0: Well, you bring to light, I think, a natural transition into our main topic today to talk about sort of this idea of integrated advice or uh, a holistic plan or just complete planning, depending on how you want to kind of bracket or describe this planning process. We're talking about something that's more than just discussing saving more than something that's just discussing okay what investment is right for me um, or where can i get the best return the conversations that you have with clients is a lot different than what they're going to get in a bank or maybe even working with a broker or something like that i know that you and the team at true wealth design kevin really focus on making sure that every little angle is looked at that the entire picture is covered in somebody's planning process right
1: yeah um I would say I would describe it this way for almost all of our clients there's three things that we handle for them year in year out you know they have in different investment management that we need to handle for them tweaks to the portfolio maybe we do need to kind of make a change to our portfolio recipe or investment allocation maybe we need to change the ingredients or you know change things around a little bit for different reasons maybe we need to generate cash for them in retirement you know, that's kind of one of our core things that we do planning, making sure that, you know, not only are we you looking at today and generating the cash for today, but, you know, having that framework to make sure that the money's going to last our lifetime to make sure that we're looking for different opportunities to, to mitigate risk, to manage transitions from work to non-work, you know, and onto social security. And, you know, when you get in your seventies, you know, having the Required distributions, and you know, going from a workplace employer health plan to your own individual health plan, or onto Medicare. I mean, those are all things that kind of fall under the the planning umbrella for a lot of our clients. And then, thirdly, you know, everybody has to file a tax return, and if you don't, and you don't do that long enough, you're going to get in trouble. But a big part of the thing that we do is making sure that those three areas—the planning, the investing, the taxes—are not only taken care of, but they're taken care of well, and perhaps more importantly, they're all integrated together in in the client's overall financial life plan. So you know, certain clients have insurance needs or there's estate planning, and those things come up from time to time, or maybe there's a big purchase or something. But those three things really we're doing year in and year out for clients. And in my experience, well I mean frankly I can tell you from different industry reports that there's only about 10% of financial advisors that have tax work in house and frankly there's a lot of them and even certified financial planners that you know had some education and passed some minimum level of testing even on tax they just don't deal with it a lot of times you get this finger pointing where it says you know hey consult your tax advisor or you know, the reason why I bring this up is I had a client sent me an email I don't know, probably about two weeks ago and I just called her back. I said it was just easier to to talk through her questions, but here is the situation. And as soon as we got done with our conversation, I asked her if I had permission to share this. So certainly I'm not going to share any names, but she started laughing. She said, yes, absolutely. Please do share this. <laughs> this should not have happened. So the story is this. To my client is the power of attorney for her brother, and unfortunately her brother is not in good health, has stage four cancer, and she is now power of attorney for him and helping with his bill paying and his care and where he's living and all these sorts of things. And we've been working together, I don't know, probably seven or eight years now. And again, we've been handling their planning, their taxes, their investing, and some other things that came up in their personal situation. And so she knows how we work. Uh, And I think we were pretty much the first advisor that, that she worked with. She had some financial salespeople before that sold her and her husband, some things, but I would say that we were the first advisor that worked with them on a proactive basis. So she got comfortable with, you know, kind of what we did and now she had to go out to this other firm that her brother was previously working with still is working with just down the road from us. And, and this place, I know of these people, I'm not going to use any names, but they've been around for about 30 years. It is, uh, I think they have about five or $600 million on advisement. So it's not a small place. There's probably 20 to 30 employees. So just because somebody has a lot of, I guess, money under management doesn't mean that they're necessarily doing a great job, but here's what happened. So my client called her brother's advisor and said, Hey, I need some money for my brother's care you know, I'm POA, I've already given you the documents and what have you, and here's how much money I need. And his response to paraphrase was, okay, great. Just tell me which account you want to take it out of. And meanwhile, there was an IRA account that had yet to be taxed money. There was a Roth account that, you know, when you pull it out, it's tax-free. And then there's also an individual account, you know, those accounts that if you have investments in them, kick off at 1099 every January and you have to claim on your tax return. So he had these three different types of accounts, all taxed differently. Some of them had different investments and here she's saying, Hey, I need X amount of dollars. I think it was a few thousand dollars. And he says, well, great. Just tell me which account you want to take it out of. And Walter, you want to guess what her response was? What was that? Her response was, well, isn't that your job? (laughs) I'm not supposed to do that. (laughs) You know, and honestly, when I started the business, you know, more than 10 years ago, it's not like we had these, all these capabilities back then. But, you know, frankly, I looked at it like, hey, this is our job and we need to figure these things out and we need to make our clients' lives simpler and better and integrate this advice for them and figure it out. And I couldn't agree with her statement anymore. So, unfortunately, he... (laughs) He did not give her any advice. And so she hung up the phone, sent me an email, and then we spoke for about 15 or 20 minutes. And we just talked through the situation real quick. And sure enough, I mean, I was able to tell her which account to take it out of without really any tax implication for her brother's situation. And you get that so often. Unfortunately, it's quite commonplace that people get it. You know, the the big firms that advertise during the golf matches on Sunday, they do not want any liability for anything their advisors say regarding the taxes. so you're if you go to one of those big firm places, you are definitely going to get the consult your tax advisor statement when anything like that comes up. And if you go to like the place that I just mentioned, I mean, you know five, six hundred million, twenty, thirty employees. I mean, it's they've been around for a while. And I would expect and hope that their sophistication would be more than what it was, at least as it was exemplified in this story, but honestly you don't see it. And there's kind of a catch 22 here as well, because you know the other side of it is well, okay, I'll just go to my tax guy or gal and, and get the advice. Well, I can tell you that most tax people do not do proactive planning. They're not gonna be taking a look at hey, what do I have going on? <laughs> What's kind of a multi-year approach here to minimize my income tax and make sure that I have more money to spend in retirement, make my money last longer, what have you? you know, They're going to, at best, you know, kind of take a look at your current tax rate and say, okay, you know, here's what you got. Just go ahead and pull it out of here sort of thing. You know, They don't know what your retirement plan looks like. And when I talked about some of those services that really people need year in, year out, And you look over time, I mean there's certain inflection points when somebody can go from a very high tax bracket to retiring and now they have a lot of control over what their tax return is going to look like and which one of those three types of accounts they're going to be pulling money out of all has different tax implications and we have control over that. And then uh, you know, they're going to maybe start their pension or Social Security, which also has tax implications and require distributions down the road. So, you know, if you understand how to integrate uh, these three areas, ultimately, you're going to be able to go ahead and have a retirement plan that, that truly is going to be able to last longer, going to allow you to spend some more money, maybe retire earlier. You know, there's these few big levers that you can pull. We've been doing the i would call it an outsourcing for about the last 10 years so for about 10 years now we've worked with a cpa firm that has taken care of our clients tax work so people the certified financial planners at true wealth design we always do the forward looking stuff we're doing tax projections for a lot of clients we're doing the planning kind of taking that multi-year approach and then for the compliance work every you know April 15th that we have to do, the CPA comes into our office and is meeting with a client and basically just helping them. You know, there may be some kind of last minute deduction or credit, but really they're they're just kind of more so doing the I don't want to call it the grunt work, but I'll be nicer and say the compliance work. Well, most CPA firms really don't like that kind of work. You kind of have this differentiation that's out there. You have these kind of low-end tax places that you know frankly i did i guess i can speak first person about this but early in my career when i was just wanted to learn about this i went through like h blocks tax school and it wasn't really anything about tax it was just how to learn their software and basically you were approved to, to do tax returns i think in the span of about it was three months and it was just a couple hours a week so it was very very limited training and other places are a lot less than that. Then you go on the other side, and you have these larger CPA firms. Well, they don't do individual income tax planning unless you have a big business that you know they're paying the CPA firm big retainer fees for. Uh, they're not going even if you have a successful you know individual who's you know making a chunk of change. It just doesn't make sense for them to go ahead and do that work. So, I think advisors because we're taking this longer term view and we're looking at their cash flow in the short term and everything in between frankly we're probably better situated to go ahead and provide that advice than you know certainly the low-end tax people or the you know the high price cpa firm or somebody that may even be in the middle of that you really do need to have this integrated advice because with tax planning there's just a lot of i don't want to call it free money but you know it's a decision that you can do and it's gonna result, as long as you go ahead and execute the planning advice properly, it's gonna result in what you expect. You know, We started the conversation today about kind of the behavioral aspect of people freaking out when the market goes bad. Well, you can't predict the market. We know what the tax rates are gonna be, at least with current tax laws through 2025, and we know what current law is after that in 2026 that the rates are gonna go higher. So if we can understand what our rate is today and we understand, hey, where does it make sense to save, what types of accounts does it make sense to put money in your pre-tax account, to put money in your Roth account, or if you're going into retirement or already there, you know, hey, where does it make sense to pull out from? You know, are we going to pull it out of the IRA or are we going to pull it out of that trust account or joint account? Maybe we're going to do some sort of combination. Maybe we want to go ahead and do a conversion and actually pay tax today at today's known and probably lower tax rate, move some of the money from the IRA and put it into the Roth. I mean, all these things are really both kind of a short term cash flow problem and tax problem as well as taking a longer term view of it. So I'm kind of just touching on a few things. There's so many more that kind of goes along with it, but I guess one of the things I wanted to share today was, we've been doing this on an outsource basis with a CPA firm for years. We've always been doing this proactive planning. But we recently hired a CPA and we brought it in house. So it just makes sense. You know, if it's one of the three core things that you're doing year in and year out for your clients, it's not something you outsource. So we've, I'm happy to announce that we made a pretty substantial investment in bringing a very qualified professional as part of the True Wealth team. And we're going to have better control over the whole process. You know, we had a great CPA that we were working with before and i'm still working with them on certain clients but it's great to have somebody in-house who's completely devoted to our clients who's going to understand our processes our technology and the way that we communicate and work with clients and be able to help them a lot more
0: well it's pretty neat to see that all come under one umbrella and when you recognize that opportunity for betterment and for improvement for clients and people within the organization it's nice to be able to also not just think about oh that would be nice but then to actually take the action and make it happen so integrated planning was already good and now it's getting even better it sounds like by having everything under one roof and so congratulations to you Kevin for uh, making those changes as a company and providing that extra service to folks I know that that's going to be exciting down the road as it gets more and more developed over time and people start taking advantage of that opportunity so it's just really neat to see all of the different things come together and I guess it's kind of why like some folks you know when you're building a house you can turn to a contractor who can help integrate and, you know, pull all of those different things together. They can see how the electrical and the plumbing and the framework of the home all need to happen, you know, one after the other and how they all all those different teams need to work together versus you trying to be like, Okay, let's just do all of these things individually and take care of it. You want to work with somebody who can pull it all together for you. I don't know if that's a good comparison to the you know the general contracting world but it kind of seems i'll give you another one okay Uh,
1: so (laughs) well i'll give you kind of the the other side of it let's think about food for a moment so i knew you were going to take it that direction (laughs) (laughs) walter do you like sushi by chance love
0: it yes
1: okay so if you like sushi would you go to a hot dog place for sushi
0: a hot dog place. I'm I'm very wary of gas station sushi and even grocery store sushi most of the time. So probably well, I've not. never
1: seen gas station sushi, but but you know <laughs> it's a, it's it, a you're thing. not gonna go. You know I'm trying. This is my attempted humor. So give me a little latitude. But it's uh, so I use a medical one. You know. <laughs> we have several orthopedic surgeons as clients and you got a guy that works on knees and he's only working on knees. He has somebody that's a spine surgeon and they're only working on spines. You know, they're not going, well, you know, today I'm going to go explore over here and I'm going to try this out. Mm -hmm. Um, No, you, you don't do that. But it's not like we're going out and doing something completely different. So much of this stuff, it affects each other. It's like a domino. I can give plenty of examples over the years where, We've had one professional advisor being an attorney or accountant give advice that was maybe right from their perspective, but it was the completely wrong advice for the client when you looked at it in totality. And again, this is just something that we do each and every year. So I would say that we're as advisors, you know, we definitely have a big tax focus to what we do. But now we have a CPA professional on staff that takes our expertise to an even greater level. And the fact that we're doing this work year in, year out for clients, and it has such a high probability of payoff because we're not making predictions. We're looking at tax rates today. We're looking at tax rates that we know that are going to be in effect for the next few years. And we're making really smart planning decisions. The value that's added through tax planning is very concrete and i can tell you that it puts a smile on everybody's face when you can show them here's how much we saved you in taxes because of this planning that we did
0: well we covered a lot of ground on today's show if you're listening and thinking okay well you know you talked earlier on about not having that tax plan as part of my financial planning i've really only ever talked investments and not the whole picture With my advisor, and you'd like to see what it's like to get the full look at that plan, like that person who came in and met with Kevin, who talked a little bit more about that. If you want to be like that and have that conversation with Kevin to see if you would benefit from more in depth and more comprehensive and integrated planning, you can give a call to 855 TWD Plan. That's 855 893 7526 or online, truewealthdesign.com, the place to go on the website, truewealthdesign.com online, and you can get in touch with the team that way have a conversation about your financial plan and your situation as well or maybe it's you're thinking about the very beginning of today's podcast we're talking about behavior and when the market goes up and down and were you thinking of you know dumping all your stocks and selling out back in december of 2018 is that something that was going through your mind as we were experiencing those downsides in the market you know do you get affected emotionally during those situations if so that might also be a a little uh, i don't want to call it a red flag but a little trigger in your mind that might say you need some help uh, navigating your financial plan because it might mean that you're following some of those you know improper ways of thinking about things you're not able to discern the difference between the bear and the bear market, as Kevin so eloquently put it earlier on in today's show. Well, then, again, we invite you to call 855-TWD-PLAN or online at truewealthdesign.com if you've got any questions about what you hear on the podcast. Kevin, that was a fun conversation today. I appreciate the guidance, and we'll do it again next time around.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it as well. I guess one other thing in closing, Walter, we have uh – I have an ebook that I wrote not too long ago. It's called Taxes in Retirement. So if anybody would like a copy of that, you can just go ahead and contact us through the website and just you know just put uh, Taxes in Retirement, and we'll be sure to get that out to you.
0: Perfect. Yeah, TrueWealthDesign.com. Click on Contact, and you can request the ebook that way. Pretty easy to do that as well. All right, Kevin, stay away from gas station sushi. That's my takeaway tip from today's podcast. All right. That's a good one. All right, Walter. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon. That's Kevin Krosky. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time on Retire Smarter.